Hello, and welcome to the 40 Drinks Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie McLaughlin. Today, I'm talking to Wise Otero, a fellow podcaster based in Pennsylvania who found his voice and his purpose when he hit record on his first podcast episode two years ago at age 44. Wise faced some really tough stuff in his 30s and found himself very angry, self-medicating, and headed down a dark road. And by accepting that he was angry about things he had no control over and reaching out for help, he was able to change the course of his life. Let's meet Wise. Hey, Wise. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's really nice to meet you. This pleasure's all mine. Anytime I get to be on the other side of the mic, it works for me. I enjoy, because I don't have to edit. I don't have to do anything. When I'm the guest (laughs) on this show, it's so much easier that way. It sure is. Yeah. All the work's on my court this time. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, I am really interested to dig into your 40 story because you've got some twists and turns that I'm excited to dig into. Let's go back a couple of decades. Your 30s were pretty tough. Uh, yes. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. If you could, that's funny. Yeah. Yes, they were. T- but you know what? That if Yeah, there were there were situations that, but it's life. And um, there, there are people that probably have been through much more worse than I have been through. Sure. It's just, this is what I had to experience in my life. Like someone asked me if, I regret anything that happened in my life and I tell them no. I, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, right. but no, because it made me who I am today. Yeah. And at 31, yes, I lost my wife in a tragic car accident, but she's the one who had started me on my path to self-development. She had introduced me to Abraham Hicks. She had introduced me to The Secret. Um, she introduced me into the world of self-development. So that, I think, was her way of preparing me for what was to come. Tell me a little bit about your wife. Oh, Denise. Uh, she was a beautiful person. She's a beautiful soul. Everybody loved her. How long were you guys uh, she together? She loved to dance. Oh, from when I was 21 till I was 31. Wow. Yes. Wow. So you said she loved so, to dance. What else? She loved to dance. She had just started her career as a Zumba instructor. This is when Zumba first started coming out and she started teaching classes and getting into shape and she found her joy, her purpose, a happy place. Cause like I said, she enjoyed to dance and here is something that she's helping people lose weight, exercise and doing something amazing. But at the same time, she's doing something she loves. She's choreographing routines. She's doing all this stuff. It was great to see her doing what she loved prior to her passing. Mm-hmm. And you said it was a car accident you lost her in? Yes. Mm, that's terrible. And then within a year, I understand you got some interesting news via Facebook. Tell me about that. Yes. So probably like a year right after Denise passed, um, I was raised by my sister and my mother. I wasn't raised by my dad. He was, I don't know where he was at. Well, so... I get back from Puerto Rico from spending time with my mom. We had celebrated her 70th birthday and I get back to New York and I get a message on Facebook from my sister, from my father's side. And she says, Hey, I'm looking for my brother. I want to know if you're him. 
I knew my sister's name and who she was, and I, I sent a message, responded to her, and I gave her my number, and I was like, yes, I'm him. Here's my number. Call me whenever you get the chance. So she didn't read the message to the next morning. She calls me the next morning. We speak. Because I remember when I was younger, my dad coming to pick me up and me spending time with my brother and sister at his place. I also have two other brothers. And so we start talking and everything. she's like, all right, so I want a surprise for Father's Day. I want to bring you to Puerto Rico as a gift to all three of them for my dad and my two brothers. And I was like, cool. I wasn't working at the time. I had just decided to move from Florida to New York after Denise's accident and all that. And I was in between jobs. So I go back to Puerto Rico. I land there Father's Day weekend, Friday. I surprised my dad. He has this big smile on his face. We uh, talk. I forgive him. And and we embrace. And and it was just a great moment. How long had it been since you had seen him? Uh, 25 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like 25 years. And what was that like to see him again? I had already forgiven him a while ago. Like prior to seeing him for years, I was angry. And when I got with Denise, she helped me let go of that anger. And so it was, it was easier for me to, when I did meet him to be able to just talk it out and not be angry and just forgive him and tell him like, listen, I forgive you. Let's just start off fresh. That's really generous of you. It wasn't necessarily for him, though. It wasn't necessarily for him. It was for myself. Yep. When you, People think that when you forgive someone, you're doing it for them. No, you're doing it for yourself because you want to let go of that anger. You want to let go of that and just move on. It's just bringing you down. And so, of course, I'm never going to forget what happened. But... I continue to be angry. I moved on from that. Mm-hmm. Let's start afresh. I can be angry, but it's not going to do me any good. It wasn't beneficial. Right. So for me, get just forgiving and moving on was more for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you meet your dad, you get there Friday night. Then what? We have a great conversation. We talk and everything. I go out with my little brother. We go out to shoot pool and have some drinks. We get home early Saturday morning. My dad has, goes, has um, breakfast, is talking to my sister-in-law. And me and my brother are at my sister's house because it was just closer for us to go there. And so my sister calls and says, I need to hurry up and get to the house. Something's wrong. So by the time we get there, my dad had uh, passed away in his sleep. Oh. So it, it, it was just like, I couldn't, it was just like, all right, I, I just lost Denise. I just reconnected with my dad. And now what? He gets taken away. And so, of course, I'm angry, even much more angrier now, because now I'm like, what am I? Why am I such a bad, horrible person that this is happening? And it, it, am I such a terrible person that you keep taking away people that mean something to me at a time that I need them? So... I was angry, and from there, I had another. I I lost one of the brothers that I reconnected to. I lost him to a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. One of my oldest brothers from my mom's, he was sick. He got real ill, passed away. An uncle who helped raise me and an aunt who played a big part in 
my entrepreneurial spirit and just the way she was, the manner she, and she that she was. She passed away from cancer. My uncle passed away from a horrific accident, crazy accident, falling downstairs. And it was just like so many tragedies one by one. So I just was just spiraling. I was just self-medicating, drinking, not caring about anything in the world, just down the wrong path. Yeah. But one day something just spoke to me and was like, you need to change your life. This has to, because can't continue. You have to do something about this. And so I started seeking the help that I needed, started speaking to people, started working on building myself a career. I got licensed to do security in New York, so I was doing that. My friend, she had talked me into doing the dating service, and things just started changing. But it took me accepting the fact that I'm angry over things I had no control over. Right. All these tragedies and all these losses were something that I had no control over, and for me to continue to be angry was just hurting me. It was just hindering me and stopping my growth. And so me being able to turn that and start focusing on more positive things and not doing the things that I was doing, it led me to my wife now, who's an amazing person to go to start turning my life around and Starting a new career at a casino and all this other stuff. Life started looking up. Things started turning for the better. Let me dig in there, though, because I think this is one of the places where people get stuck. And so I want to... And stuck in my mind podcast. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. I want to understand, because, of course, I've been certainly not the same load as you had in your 30s, but I've had stuff happen and been down angry paths and self-destructive paths. How was it that it started bubbling up for you that something needed to change? And what were the first couple of things you did that started reversing the trend of anger and self-medication and the drinking? I started speaking to someone. Okay. Yeah, it was it was therapy. It was therapy. Okay. Yeah, it was me going to therapy and speaking to someone and letting this out. It was just getting over the fact that, hey, listen, you need this help. Like, yeah. you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. Okay. There's no one you know that's been through what you've been through. And all they can say for, to you is, oh, my condolences. And so for me, it was like, I need to do this. I need to go. No one came and was like, oh, we need going to take you to go see. No, it was like. I have to do this. This is the path I need to take. And this is what I need to do to get, to correct whatever's wrong. Yeah. And were you fortunate to find a good fit therapist right away? Or did you have to try numerous people? Before no, you? I found one that was really that it, again, it's just being able to express yourself and not being judged. Yeah. That's what having a therapist is, is to be able to sit down with someone that you, cause yes, you have people you can talk to and confide in, but sometimes you sit in the back of your mind, like, are they judging me? Whereas you can just sit down with a therapist and be like, you know that this is their job. They're not judging who you are as a person. They're just here to help you overcome whatever obstacles that you have in your life. I did some therapy after my dad died a few years ago. And I found at one point, one of the things that was really helpful was that the therapist validated a lot of things that I was thinking 
And so it was like, oh, I'm not crazy. And that that is supposed to hurt. And I'm not supposed to yeah. just gloss over that because it is something that's hurtful. You have, yeah. you have a reason to be angry. Right? These are people that mean a lot to you. And I come from a family that family is very important to me. Yeah. Like family is everything. I come from a family that growing up, like holidays, we would go to people's houses on Christmas and go singing and all this other stuff. So to me, family is very important. So to have these people that were very important in my life be taken away. Right. And of course, again, I had no control over that. But when you're grieving, you don't think about that. You don't think about any of that. You're just grieving. That was my way of dealing with it. That was my way of grieving. And I'm not proud of some of the situations that it led me to being down that path. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it made me who I am. Yeah. So you're doing some therapy for yourself. You're starting to feel better. And then a friend of yours from high school, I think said it's time. Yeah. She was like, listen, if you don't mind, let's make you a a dating profile on match.com. And um, I was like, all right, cool. Fine. I went on a couple of dates and they were cool and whatever, but that's where I met my wife that I'm with now. And yeah, listen, some people had some bad experience on dating services. Some people are lucky and find the person that they're going to marry. Right. Right. Yeah. So obviously you had a pretty good experience with it. Yeah. 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 Uh, What is it? uh, Eight years, nine years now? Almost 10 years or something. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Nine, 10 years. Yeah. Started dating like towards the end of my 30s, like 38, when I was 38, 39, something like that. I don't okay. Know. All right. <laughs> you told me something she did early on that you thought was pretty cool. Oh, that was the sexiest thing in the world. Tell me, me about it. Oh, man. Uh, so I had never had a passport. It wasn't like one of the things that was on my list or whatever because I didn't. I have visions of traveling the world or any of that. When we started dating and get together, she asked me, did I have a passport? And I was like, no. Well, she's like, well, we need to work on that because I like to travel and I like to go places. So you need a passport. And to me, that was like one of the sexiest things ever. Like, okay, you want a passport? All right, we're going to go traveling. We have. We've been to Aruba, Jamaica, Bahamas, been to Dominican Republic a few times. We're actually going back in September. We were supposed to go to Dubai, but something happened with circumstances that we can't do it. But it's just being able to experience this with her. It's been great. Well, I love that she wanted to make plans with you. Yeah. She wanted to do stuff with you. That's that's pretty cool. So- oh, I thought I was like I said, I thought I was sexy. Yeah. I thought I was like oh. Oh, some grown woman stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, it is. It is. So you did the smart thing and you married that girl. Yes. Yeah. And that came with a relocation for you, right? Yes, it did. I moved to Pennsylvania. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your professional road from there. So I started, I applied for the local casino here as a, um, I actually applied as a, I think it was the Cabana Boy or something like that. And one of the security supervisors saw my resume and called me in for an interview. He's like, yo, listen, I see your resume. I know you applied for this position, but this position is 40 hours 
full benefits. I'm like, okay, of course. Like, who's not going to jump at 40 hours compared to part-time work and at, as a cabana boy? So I started at security there. While doing security, I became friends with a few of the pit bosses there. And they're like, yo, listen, the money's on this side of the table. We like you. We like your personality. You need to be on this side of the table. Where you're going to definitely make more money. And so the next year, uh, they offered a blackjack class. I took it, got certified, and I've been dealing ever since. Nice. Nice. I um, am very, very bad at math, more than fingers and toes, and I'm stuck. <laughs> but I do have a little bit of a proclivity for blackjack. I kind of dig it. I'm not much of a casino goer, but I've been to Vegas a bunch of times and Vegas. down to Connecticut a couple of times. And if I'm going to do anything, I will sit down at a blackjack table. I got to tell you, my favorite time to do that is probably not the weekend, but like middle of the afternoon, quiet, a low, low dollar table, because the dealers are going to make your experience. So one, and I'm not sure if I'm overstating this, but they're going to help you or guide you a little bit. You know, they're- It's easy. I work, I work. The 4 to 12 shift, yeah. I work 4 a.m. to 12 p.m. Oh, wow. And you kind of build more. It's easier to build rapport with a dealer then. Yes. Because you don't have the big crowds. You don't right. have all the crazy people at the table and all that. Right. So you actually get to interact with your dealer and get to know him or her as a person. Yeah. And then sometimes you go on that run with the shoe where you're making money and you're tipping a deal and everybody's making money. People think that the, the dealers are making all this great money and that we don't want you to win. If you come with a great attitude and just have a good time at the table, we want the table to win. Yeah. Because that's the only way we get tipped. Right. That's how we make our money. Right. We want the tips. And if you're not winning, we're not making no money. Right. So for people to think that we don't want them to win, they're mistaken. Yeah. That's where we get our money, but people just don't know when to leave. And I think too, the dealer has the opportunity to make it a fun experience. Yes. And the more fun it is, the longer you're going to stay, even if maybe you're not winning. Right. So I have had some great, great experience. I, I, rec I recommend if you can't lose the money, then don't go to the casino. Of course. Of course. I agree with you. That's a great <laughs> no, baseline. If you don't yes, have you, play you, money, then you shouldn't don't, be there. Don't go. Because, <laughs> yeah, because then if you lose, you're going to get upset because you shouldn't have been playing with that money. Right. So if you're going to go, go expecting that you're not going to win. Right. Have a good time. Yeah. Take with you a couple of hundred bucks yeah. that you could probably afford to lose. Don't go and lose your rent money and lose all your, all these other, because it happens. Right. It, it does happen. Right. You do see and those stories. So for me, I love my shift because we do have regular players that come in daily or come in frequently and you build a relationship with them and they already know what kind of dealer you are. You already know what kind of person that they are as far as tipping. And so there's certain players you're going to cater to differently. Sure. Cause you know, Hey, even though when this guy is losing, he's still tipping me. Mm -hmm. So you're going to treat him with the utmost. You're going to try to give him be Hey, how you doing? How's the family? I'm not saying you can't have that with the other players. You know, sure. don't ignore them. But at my shift, it's those players you just have already built yeah. a relationship with them. Absolutely. Yeah. In my world, those would be your best clients, right? There's others. There's plenty of others that'll come around. But you want to treat your best clients the best. 
Of course. As a novice too, a total novice and somebody who takes a little while to count up to 21 and 13 and those weird numbers that happen. <laughs> I've had some really great experiences with dealers who have made it fun, who have helped me with rules, who have made suggestions on, you know, somebody, you might consider splitting those or things yes. like that. So anyway, I, I love it because I've had some great experiences with blackjack over the years. And it's pretty oh. much the only table game that I think I've ever really played. <laughs> Hi. This is where I usually interrupt to ask you to look down at your phone and either rate or share the podcast, which you're welcome to do. But what I'm really more interested in is getting to know you and hearing your feedback and comments you have about these interviews. To that end, I'd like to invite you to connect with me on Marco Polo. This is an app I use to keep in touch with friends and family. I usually describe it as video voicemail. It's somewhere we can get to know each other better, something I'd really like to do. Search my name, Stephanie McLaughlin. I'm the one in a purple shirt and shades. All right, back to Wise, who's at the point in his story where he's just about to find his purpose in life. Let's now flash forward a couple of years to 2020 and the onset of the pandemic. Your world yes. shuts down. Yes, it does. My world and the rest of the world. We get furloughed from work. I'm home sitting doing nothing, uh, collecting unemployment. Uh, I was Like I said, I had already had the equipment here. I started fiddling around, and then one day I just pressed record. So back up two steps. You had been thinking about podcasting. Tell me a little bit about yes. the thought process. What did you in, think you'd in, do? In 2019, me and a friend were going to start a sports podcast. And him and his girl got pregnant, so that killed that because – of course, a newborn baby who's not going to have time to do a podcast. So I had the equipment laying around, and I would mess with it from time to time. I had already started doing the research on platforms and all that. But that had slipped my mind. And so when I get furloughed from work, I started doing the research again on the platforms. I had signed up for Podbean in 2019. And I've completely forgot when I did my research again on platforms and I had signed up for Podbean again. They're like, you already have an account with us. <laughs> like this email already has an account. That email like, exists. Oh, do I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ended up having an account. And so one day I'm just sitting here with my nephew and I finally decided to just press record. It was just that time. He had already started his YouTube career and his talk show on YouTube. So I was like, you know what? He's doing it. Let me do it. Let me finally just press record. And then what happened? Stuck in my mind, podcast was born. It's funny because when I started the first episode, it was, uh, yeah, welcome to Stuck in My Mind podcast. And I really knew like from episode one, because I had been stuck in my mind for so long with everything that had gone in my life. And even with now with wanting to start the podcast and making excuses, like I sound horrible. Who's wanting to listen to me? My voice is horrendous. This is crazy. I don't sound good. And then people will listen to me and they'll be like, yo, dude, what is wrong with you? Are you serious? You have a radio voice. You are meant to do this. What are you talking about? You Who would want to listen to you? We would. We do. We enjoy your voice. Like I had a friend say, yo, me and my girl were sitting down listening to you and you just mellowed us out. You just calmed us down and relaxed us all. And I was like, thank you. I guess that was a compliment. I appreciate it. But again, I guess everybody says you hate your own voice. 
you you hate the way you sound to yourself. Mm-hmm. So, like right now, yeah, it sounds weird. But then when I listen to the recording of myself, I'm like, okay, I, I get what people say. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. No. You got an all right voice for radio. It's all right. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm interested. You said that you pressed record. You started your podcast. You found your voice. Yes. Tell me about that. All right. So, you know, when in life, when you're going through life, you don't know your purpose. You don't know what is it that you're here for? What are you here to do? I'm quite familiar with that. that. That was me. That was me. I was 44 years old. Like I said, I had furloughed from my job. I didn't really know what my purpose was. And when I finally pressed record and found that this is something different, this is this is like just being able to be me. I was able to just express myself and talk. It was therapeutic and it was me just talking and ranting and letting out what was bothering me. And so that was cool. And I found like, all right, I like this part, but I need something different. I need, I need to do, I need to interview people. I need to know, speak to other people and see what their experience is in life and have them share their stories. This is what I need to do. And so I, I sat down with a, a friend of mine. She's an entrepreneur. She had just left the casino business and started her own business. I was like, all right, Tracy's going to be one of my first guests. Let's have her on. And I had her on. And of course, it was learning experiences. The quality isn't that great. But I was doing it. It started with five minutes to seven minutes to 12 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes, to doing hour shows, to even three-hour shows. And then it really validated for me when someone reached out to me and said, yo, you're doing good, keep it up, but maybe you should try putting an intro into your show now. And this is someone who's not a podcaster, but they listen to shows and all that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're pretty good. If you're serious about it, maybe you might want to do an intro for your show. So I got an intro. I went to Fiverr, got me an intro. Um... I got me a logo, everything. The crazy thing was I was just uploading audio, uploading audio. I wasn't titling episodes. I wasn't putting descriptions. I wasn't putting hashtags. I wasn't doing any of that. I was getting a couple of little downloads here and there. It was mostly friends mm-hmm. from work that knew I started a podcast and they were supporting. But then when I started networking with people and talking to other podcasters and building relationships with them, they were like, yo, might want to put a description in your show notes or you might want to put a thumbnail up, put something to help people know what what you're offering on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, all right. I started working on that, building that up. I got Canva and I just started working on building my podcast. Like I started doing the things that I wasn't doing before and the numbers started growing. People who would prior to that, I would ask for people to be a guest. And their first question was, what's your numbers? Mm-hmm. How many downloads do you have? And I'm like, yeah, I just started out. I don't just knew I'm, I'm green. Nah, no, thank you. But then a couple of them turned to yes. So you start building it up and you start building your audience to the point where now people start reaching out to you. I would love to be a guest on your show. I heard this episode. I think I have something off of your audience. 
And me, like, wow, I go from people telling me, no, kid, here you go, get out of here, shoo, beat it, like, to people now sending me messages to this year actually having Bob Doyle on my show. So he he's a big contributor to The Secret. He was a big part of the documentary and part of the book. And to have him on my show and have somebody from his representation reach out to me and say, hey, Bob Doyle would like to be a guest on your show. That's the same look I had. Wow. That was like, what? Like, what? Huh? Who? I, like, I knew who he was. So when they were like, yeah, Bob Doyle would like to be a guest. I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Yes. Yes, no, no problem. When would when would Bob do like to be? So to be able to have him on my show, like I said, I was introduced into the secret two thousand five, two thousand six, whenever it came out, and to have someone from that and know who he is and follow him throughout the years. Again, being an independent podcaster that, that doesn't have these connections, that don't know these people, and not knowing about podcasting, just fresh kind of like how you are now fresh, not knowing anything to where I'm at now, where I'm having Bob Doyle on my show. That's wild. That's wild. Being an independent podcast. That's, those are the things you dream about. These are the guests that you're like, Oh man. Yeah. This is amazing. Tell people about the secret. You've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm familiar, but I want to make sure other people who are it's, listening. It's, it's uh, the, uh, the law of attraction. Yeah. People want to look at it different. Like for me, anything that I use in my life is because I feel that it has value to me. Everybody might recommend a book and it might work wonders for them. Mm-hmm. And then you come and read it and you're like, nah, it's not my cup of tea. And so there's certain things in the secret that it's just not my cup of tea. And there's a certain thing like that made sense. Right. And some of the things that Bob Doyle spoke to me about made sense. It's basically the law of attraction and how we manifest what goes on. But people, when they think of manifestation, they think that they're just going to sit there and think about it. This is going to pop up. They're not realizing that you need to put action towards these things. Yeah. Like you can put your vision board up and have that help you. But if you're not putting the action towards it, you're not going to see the results. Right. So yes, it's good to visualize and think about, but you also have to put in the action. You have to put in the work in order for for the universe to let you know, like, all right, I see that you're worthy of it now. Right. Here you go. Right. I was also a fan of The Secret way back in the early 2000s. And it's interesting that you followed one of the contributors to that because I followed another one. Mike Dooley is another guy. Listen, (laughs) I love Mike Dooley. I get his emails every day. Yeah, the Tut, the Adventurers Club, me too. Tut of Tut, yes. I love the Tut Adventures. See, so yes, I love Mike Dooley. Well, it's funny because you're saying that one of these guys reached out to you and said, I'd like to be a guest on your podcast. And I'm thinking to myself, would there ever be a day that Mike Dooley would reach out to me and say, I want to tell you about when I turned 40? So hey, maybe, put it out yeah, there. let's put it out there. Let's put it out put there it out and see there. what happens. It might happen. Yeah. Mike Dooley, if you listen to this, yeah. reach out to Stephanie and tell her you want to be on her show. <laughs> We're speaking it into existence. That's We're right. going to make this happen. I love it. So <clears throat> podcasting has become your purpose. Yes. You like talking about people overcoming obstacles. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. 
Well, it's crazy because everyone has their story. It's like my story is not better than anyone. But the thing is, it's my story. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like, let me speak to some of these people from all walks of life. I've spoke to entertainers, authors, entrepreneurs, high school friends of mine, mm-hmm. a be- one of my best friends. I've had another friend of mine who jumped into the realm of politics. I've had all types of people on. Everyone has a story to share. Everybody has a life experience they've gone through. So I just felt like, listen, everyone has a story to share. Share your life. And yeah, you're here to promote whatever your book, whatever it is. Yes, we're here to do that. But I also want my audience to get to know you as a person. Get to know that you're a regular person and you're doing some amazing things regardless of what's happening in your life. So yeah, that's why I love doing my podcast. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about doing this as well. I'm focusing on a certain time period in people's lives, that transition around age 40 that so many people go through, generally the decade between 35 and 45. And I don't know, I hope someday this accumulation of episodes will turn into almost a roadmap for how to go through it gracefully or Maybe easier than so, a lot uh, of us went through it, right? Learn okay, from so, learn from our stories. So make the roadmap. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. You make the roadmap. You've done what thirty something episodes? You said just coming up on thirty. So you have a lot of content with thirty episodes. That's a lot of content. Yeah. And I'm sure some of your guests drop some gems. Oh, I mean, almost every single one has dropped some real gold nuggets in my lap. I got to tell you. So you have the roadmap. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with those nuggets? Yeah. Now? The point is, now you have to go back and use those nuggets. That's right. That's right. Put and, them together. And, and feed it. Yeah. Yeah. So Here's the way I'm approaching it. And this is, I think, in alignment with the secret and the things that we've been talking about. Every episode I'm looking at as another brick in the wall of the foundation that I'm building that is this podcast, that is this effort. And what is the roadmap? I'm not sure just yet, but I'm okay with that because I'm building the foundation and collecting the evidence and collecting the content that will become whatever that roadmap is or whatever that content is that I'll put together at some point. The whole premise of The Secret and manifesting your destiny was it's not all about just looking at the vision board or sitting and wishing the way Mike Dooley says it is you co-create with the universe. And so I feel like every one of these episodes is another step forward, another brick in the foundation. I'm building the foundation that I hope will take this to the next level. And that's how you got to continue to do it. Keep building the bricks and keep building foundation. Because like at this point in time, everybody's into instant gratification. What we're doing, there's no instant gratification. You have to build up what we're doing. You have to build up your audience. Right. I'm working with a good friend and um, he's become a mentor to me and he's the entrepreneur podcast and he's offered me his services to call me, set up schedules. He says, I'm willing to sit down and work with you because I see that you're dedicated to this and I love to see people like you and I want to see people like you succeed. 
And so he was like, everybody's worried about numbers and doing all this, getting 10 million followers. All you really truly need is a thousand loyal listeners. Right. Who are willing to part with $10 a month for a subscription to something that you're offering. Sure. He says, yeah, I just don't understand like what you have in front of you with the audience that you have right now, even though it's small, but they're loyal. Mm -hmm. They continue to come back. Those are the ones you need to nurture because eventually they're going to be like, hey, yo, you need to really come check this podcast out. Right. This person is dope. Right. So sitting down and speaking to him about it was like, okay, makes sense. It, It made sense hearing it from someone else and like really thinking about it like, this is true. If you get a specific amount of loyal listeners that I come support you, buy merch, do this, buy a book if you publish a book and release it. It just takes a thousand. He says, that's all it takes. Yeah. He says, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. Right. Because it's got to be real. It's got to be true. Yes. And yeah. right. I'm just building another brick in the wall. I'm just building my foundation and then the plans for world domination will come later. Oh yes. That's already started. <laughs> All right. Tell me Look, this for me. It, Cause people, they're worried about monetizing their podcast. Oh, I need sponsors and all that. But there's other ways you can find mm-hmm. for you to help monetize yourself your brand you mm-hmm. i've learned how to edit episodes i've learned how to edit videos these are skills that i've developed doing my own podcast it's something that a lot of people do not like to do right so i offer my services i'm like hey i'm willing to edit your podcast hey this is my fee yeah then you get the right person they're willing to pay it because they don't want to edit their podcast right yeah there's so, so many there's directions you could different go ways yeah Yes. Yeah. All right. So tell me this. Let's circle back around to 40. You're 46 now. Yes. Tell me how you feel in your 40s that's different from how you felt in your 30s. Oh, I I know where I want to go. I know where I'm at. I mean, I know my direction Oh, I see. I know my lane. I know what I'm here to do. I'm here to help people. For me, it's like my podcast has given me a purpose because now I'm able to reach people that I probably wasn't able to reach prior to podcasting. So now being able to have that voice and have people listen to an episode, be like, Thank you. I needed to hear that. Me and a friend of mine from high school, we recorded an episode. He's a a successful real estate agent in Brooklyn. We just had a great conversation on manifestation, goal setting, and all this other stuff. And a friend of ours from high school heard the episode, sent me a message, and was like, thank you. I needed to hear that episode because I needed to hear two guys that I grew up with talking about manifestation, goal setting, starting your own business, doing these things. And I was on the fence about starting my own business. But now I see two guys that I grew up with talking about this and doing it. Why can't it be me? Yeah. And for them to have that feeling like 
that's what I want. To me, that's success. Yeah. It doesn't matter the money or any of that. It's the fact that I'm impacting people's lives. I'm touching someone's life. I touch someone to the point where now they have a business of their own. Because they saw two of the people that they grew up with talk about it and show that you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's led me to wanting to go into speaking. This is something that probably a couple of years ago, three, four years ago, if you would have told me I wanted to be a public speaker or motivational speaker, whatever, I'm like, are you kidding me? But now I did my first speaking engagement in March and it was by accident. A guest on the show asked me to speak. I had a women's event and I came and spoke and, and that was my true first speaking engagement. And that made me realize I can do this. Wow. This is another lane I can get into that is purpose driven. I can touch other people's lives by coming and speak to them live or through zoom or whatever it is. Right. Again, I'm doing it already with my podcast. Why not be able to do it as a motivational speaker or whatever? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, listen wise, I've enjoyed talking to you so much. I thank you for joining me on my podcast. And before we go, it. tell people where they can find yours. You can find my podcast, Stuck in My Mind Podcast, on all major platforms. Just type in Stuck in My Mind Podcast. You can find me on YouTube at Stuck in My Mind Podcast. And yeah, I'm on every major platform. Awesome. Well, I will definitely be checking you out. And I hope other folks do as well. Oh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it here on live so people could. I need you to be a guest on my podcast. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, I'd love Why to. Not? Like, listen, I'm all about the cross promotion. I love collaborating with other podcasters. So, yes, I am extending your offer here on the air. Like, when people hear, like, I am offer, extending you an offer to come chill at a Stuck in My Mind podcast. I love it. And I accept your offer. We don't have to do the schedule comparing while other people are listening. We can do that after we close <laughs> the episode. But I thank you so much. I am honored and I look forward to it. Well, it's to help you as well grow. Like, yeah. That, as a podcaster, you need to go on other podcasts. That's that's one thing I suggest. If you're going to be a podcaster, to grow your audience, you need to go and do other podcasts. So start networking. Start talking to people. I am big on networking. Awesome. Network with people, connect with po other podcasters, and do other shows. Awesome. I love it. Wise, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope you dug meeting wise as much as I did. With this being episode 28 of the 40 Drinks podcast, I'm well on my way, but I also know that I'm at the very beginning of my podcasting journey. I admire Wise's dedication so much. I can attest there really is a learning curve to this podcasting thing, but I think I've finally got the hang of it. From here, I hope it's just tweaking and improving the process to make it smoother and easier to produce episodes each week. But enough about me. Next week, you'll meet Toby Miles, who was surprised to find herself in an abusive and controlling relationship at age 40. We'll talk about how she got there and how she got out of it as well. I hope you'll join me. The 40 Drinks Podcast is produced and presented by Savoir Faire Marketing Communications.